Hey there, Cramaholics. It is your host, Kenzie. I'm back this week with a brand new episode of Missing Mondays. Missing Mondays was a segment that was created by Holly and I because at any given time, 90,000 people are missing in the U.S. While some are found or live or deceased, the majority are still missing today. Our goal with Missing Mondays is to keep missing persons' name and information in the media to aid in their return home the best that we can. On this episode of Missing Mondays, I will be sharing the missing persons case of Brittany Wood. Before I go any further, I do want to let people know that the things that I will talk about in this podcast episode are things that we don't typically talk about and they are a little heavier. If you are sensitive to topics such as child sex crimes and incest, I do not recommend listening to this episode. Out of all of the Missing Mondays cases I have done so far, this is a case that had my jaw drop the entire time and at times even feeling sick to my stomach. This case involves incest in one of the biggest child sex rings the state of Alabama has ever seen. And the worst part is that it was kept within the family of Brittany Wood. And so I want to say this just one more time before I get started. If you are sensitive to the topic of incest, suicide, and child sex crimes, I do not recommend listening to this episode. Brittany Wood went missing at the age of 19 on May 31, 2012 from Robertsdale, Alabama. She was born on September 25, 1992, and she would now be 27 years old. Brittany is a Caucasian female with brown hair and blue eyes. She stands at 5 feet 3 inches tall, and at the time of her disappearance, she weighed approximately 105 pounds. To say that Brittany has lived a very tough life is an understatement. When I first started researching Britney's disappearance and reading the main headlines, everything that kept popping up was biggest child sex ring Alabama has ever seen. I knew this would be one of those cases that's hard to research, but after getting down to the nitty-gritty details, it left me with having to walk away from the computer to regroup to be able to continue. After completing all of the research on this case, the thought that I can't seem to get out of my head is the fact that Brittany had a two-year-old daughter at the time of her disappearance. And it makes me think, what has this little baby possibly seen? Or has anything horrible happened to her like it did to Brittany and a number of other children in their family? When Brittany was just a young girl, she was being sexually abused by her step-grandfather. He was later charged and sentenced to prison, but it seems this is just the beginning of this horrible sex abuse against kids within their family. According to Brittany's family, although she did live a hard life and she had experienced really bad things, Brittany always seemed to be the girl who was happy, she was loving, caring, and would give the shirt off her back to anybody who needed it. Unfortunately, as Brittany got older, she did turn to drugs and partying as her way of coping with all the horrible things she had been experiencing with her step-grandfather and things that were happening in her family. However, it seems as though Brittany's saving grace was becoming pregnant at just the age of 17. When Brittany became pregnant with her little girl, she stopped all the drug use and gave up the partying lifestyle. Brittany was determined to be the best mom she could be for her daughter. After the birth of Brittany's daughter is when it seems like the family secrets started emerging and people started speaking up. 
On May 30th, 2012, Brittany left her home in Theodore, Alabama to head to her Uncle Donnie's home, which is just outside of Mobile, Alabama. Her Uncle Donnie Holland is married to her Aunt Wendy, who is her mother's sister. The exact reason why Brittany went to visit her Uncle Donnie on the 30th is unknown, but there is a lot of speculation on why she went, and it is believed by Brittany's mother, Chessie, that her sister Wendy knows exactly why Brittany showed up that day and holds all the answers to Brittany's disappearance. In a news interview that Brittany's mother Chessie did with their local news station, she stood there begging and pleading her sister Wendy to come forward and just give them some answers on where Brittany is and what happened and why. Chessie swears up and down that her family is the exact reason why Brittany is missing today. It has been said that just three days prior to Brittany's disappearance, a 13-year-old female family member of Brittany's had confided in her that she had been raped by three other male family members. This 13-year-old female family member of Brittany's has never been named, but she has stated to police that her father had told her he would take her to the pet store in town and let her pick out a hamster that she had been asking for for quite some time. However, the events that took place are far from an innocent trip to the pet store. Instead of taking his daughter to the pet store like he had promised, he drives over to Donnie Holland's place of work. Once they get to Donnie's work, he comes out and he gets into the back seat of the truck with the female family member. She said she was unaware of why Donnie was going with them, but once they began to head into the direction of a rundown industrial park, she unfortunately knew exactly what was about to happen to her. On the way to the industrial park, she had told her father several times that she was not feeling well and she kept begging to go home, but he of course ignored her request. Because she was not feeling well, Donnie decides to lay her head across his lap and begin to rub her head and play with her hair. And he tells her everything is going to be fine and you will be feeling well shortly. Once they arrive at this rundown industrial park, her father parks the truck in an area where they are unable to be seen. She says that her uncle Donnie then begins to pull off her pants and as she is begging him to stop, he tells her no and he begins to sexually assault her while her own father sits there and watches the attack. This entire situation still has me completely speechless. As a parent, how can you allow somebody to not only sexually assault your child, but for you to sit there and watch it take place? There is a special kind of place in hell for people like her father. It is said that the reason Brittany went over to her Uncle Donnie's on the 30th was to confront him about this sexual assault. She has had enough of what is going on in her family and she was going to put a stop to it. But unfortunately, there's only two people who know the exact reason why Brittany went to his house. One of them is missing and the other one is no longer alive. At this point, pretty much everybody in Brittany's family sounds completely horrible. However, there is one person in particular in her family who she was very close with, and that was her uncle Scott Wood. On February 26, 2012, Brittany's uncle Scott contacts authorities to tell them all the deep, dark, vile secrets that the Wood and Holland family have been keeping for years. What the Holland and Wood family were completely unaware of at the time was that law enforcement had spent three months prior to Brittany Brittany's disappearance, building a case against them. And according to authorities, this was one of the worst cases that they had ever encountered. On May 31st, when Brittany's mother realizes that she never made it back from her uncle's home, she goes into a complete panic and she calls law enforcement to file a missing persons report. 
Law enforcement begin to search the area for Brittany, and as they are searching for her, another person goes missing, and that is her uncle, Donnie. In just about every missing person's case, the first thing that law enforcement tries to do is ping the missing person's cell phone location. They do get a ping for Brittany's cell phone, but what they end up finding was something completely unexpected. At this point, Brittany has now been missing for three days, and once law enforcement arrives to the location of her cell phone ping, they find Brittany's uncle Donnie inside his truck dead with the gunshot wound to the head. Police were able to determine right away that the gunshot wound to Donnie's head was actually self-inflicted and that Donnie had taken his own life. What was also found inside of the truck with Donnie was the battery to Brittany's cell phone. Police believe that Donnie thought that if he would be able to take out the battery to Brittany's cell phone and remove it, that there was no way that police would be able to track her location. Upon further investigation into Donnie's death, law enforcement had determined that the gun that Donnie used to shoot himself on the head was a gun that was actually registered in Brittany's name. Wendy swears up and down that her husband had nothing to do with Brittany's disappearance, but at this point, he looks pretty freaking guilty, and what I'm about to tell you next makes him look even worse. On the same exact date that Donnie shot himself in the head, he was due to be interviewed by police for allegations about sex abuse against kids in his family. And I'm talking, this guy shot himself in the head literally 30 minutes before he was supposed to be interviewed. If that does not scream guilty, I don't know what does. What Brittany's Uncle Scott tells law enforcement is that he was calling to report child abuse. He tells law enforcement that Donnie Holland and multiple other members of the Hollandwood family, both male and female, had been participating in sex parties for multiple years. And using the words sex parties and children in the same sentence makes me sick to my stomach. What Scott would go on to say is that members of the Holland and Wood family would have get-togethers and say that they were having a barbecue because what's suspicious about a family having a barbecue? Absolutely nothing. But what was actually taking place at these so-called barbecues is far from normal. Scott says what was actually taking place at these barbecues was multiple sexual assaults on minors. Members of the Holland and Wood family would bring their children over to somebody's house. Which house these situations took place at is unknown but they would all come together and what they would do is pass their children around to family members and allow those family members to sexually assault their children obviously this situation is already horrible but what makes it even worse is that the children that were considered too young to participate in these sex parties were forced to watch their siblings and their cousins be raped by their aunts and uncles and their older cousins. I cannot even imagine the amount of fear that these children endured at the hands of their own parents. Law enforcement, of course, was hoping that the allegations that Scott made against Donnie and the other family members was incorrect, but unfortunately, after three months of heavy investigation, it was determined that this was true. Donnie and multiple other family members had indeed been raping their own minor family members. I can't even begin to understand how a situation like this happened. 
Typically, when you hear about somebody being sexually assaulted or sexually abused as a child, it's typically just one family member, but not multiple. How did not a single person in this family say, hey, this is wrong, this shouldn't be happening, and turn them in? Why did it take several years and for somebody to go missing in order for something to actually be done? It had already completely blew my mind that the family got together and just decided that this was normal and that they weren't going to turn each other in. But what really got me is the fact that the Hollands had two friends that also participated in these sexual assaults. How in the world do you even begin to have a conversation with a friend of yours that you are sexually assaulting your own children and your nieces and nephews and then ask them if they'd like to join? I just don't get it. Thankfully, once this investigation was completed... Wendy Holland, Chessie Wood, Brittany's mother, Randall Wood, Donnie Holland Jr., Derek Wood, and the family's two friends, Mindy Kent and Dustin Kent, were all arrested and charged with sexual assault on a minor, incest, and child endangerment. While it is absolutely amazing that each of these individuals are behind bars for life, It does not change the fact that Brittany is still missing and they are not any closer to any answers. It breaks my heart that her daughter is motherless. And for the family members that are genuinely good people and care about Brittany, they just want answers and to know what happened. And at this point, they want her home, whether that means she is alive or not. Brittany Wood went missing at the age of 19 on May 31st, 2012 from Robertsdale, Alabama. She was born on September 25, 1992, and she would now be 27 years old. Brittany is a Caucasian female with brown hair and blue eyes. She stands at 5 feet, 3 inches tall, and at the time of her disappearance, she weighed approximately 105 pounds. I would have to agree that the person who knows exactly what happened to Brittany and where she at is currently incarcerated. However, if you happen to have any information about the disappearance of Brittany Wood, you are encouraged to call the Mobile Police Department at 1251-208-7211. And if you haven't already, I highly encourage you to join our Cremaholics podcast discussion group on Facebook or follow us on Instagram where I will have pictures of Brittany posted. And as always, Cremaholics, be aware and take care. (music) 